You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, welcome to the program. Final hour on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. The great Sean White will join us here momentarily. Back from the Olympics. Got back in time, I believe, to go to the Super Bowl. He finished fourth in a snowboarding competition at the uh, Beijing Olympics. The Winter Olympics continue tonight at uh, 8 on NBC and Peacock. Seaton, update the poll results from the uh, last hour. Ratings for the Super Bowl were up because of, right now with 40, oh, 39% of the vote, less politics and COVID. Uh, 35% has uh, just great playoffs leading into it. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. The aforementioned uh, Sean White, 35 years of age, turning 36, coming up in September, growing up right before our very eyes, and I believe officially retired Back from the Olympics, uh, finishing fourth in the half pipe. And Sean uh, joins us now. Are you officially retired? I am, yeah, which is so wild to say. I'm 35. Um, you know, I guess older in the sport of snowboarding, but I still feel like I got <laughs> a lot to look forward to. Yeah, but you're 35. Brady just retired at 44, Sean. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess. You know, when I think about it, if you're throwing the ball and you're off a few inches or so, it's it's not as, as bad as when you're 20 <laughs> feet in the air looking at this icy wall going, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> what is that feeling like, though, when you're getting some big air and you yeah. know that this might hurt? Oh, yeah. It's like the scene in Talladega Nights where he's, he's like, oh, I'm flying through the air. I'm saying good. You know, like everything slows down and you're just like, oh, my goodness. It's kind of like when you you hit a ball or you, you know, you, you do that shot and you just know you messed up right away. So you have all that time in the air to think about, wow, okay, do I want to land on my back? Do I want to, <laughs> why did I get into this situation in the first place? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's not good. Do you teach yourself how to fall, how to land? No, but there is an art to it, I would say, because a lot of people, they just panic. And I kind of like assess the situation and go, okay, well, there's, there's kind of like a way to roll out of it or slide or something. Um, but, you know, it is a, it happens. You're going to crash just like anything. You, there will be mistakes and, you, you know, you got to kind of like roll with those injuries and, and learn from them. We were wondering if you've ever held a job. So, a job? Yeah. So let's go around the room here. Who believes, yeah. other than snowboarding or skateboarding, has do you believe that Sean White has held a regular job? Todd? I think he has. I think he may have dabbled in like a little something with children, like a little camp counselor thing. Camp just on the counselor. Side, a little summer camp. Okay. To help the kids out uh, with skateboarding. Paulie? I'm going to say, yeah, brief pizza delivery at a pizza young age on a, on a bicycle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Seton? <laughs> we'll go very young age paper route. Paper Does that route. count? Okay. Sean, have you held an actual job? No. Played <laughs> <laughs> in, snowboard. I mean, I was sponsored at seven, so it was pretty much... What are you know, making at age seven? How much money are you making at age seven? Well, yeah, I was amateur, so I was... Of I course was, you uh, were. <laughs> I, I just had travel budget and whatnot, which was pretty wild. Um, but uh, I started making money when I was probably 14 and I, I got my first, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I, I didn't even know what this meant at the time. My mom's like, this is a million dollar deal. <laughs> I was like, what? okay. 
well, I guess that's good. We won that. Now what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't really just like a number and I, I had everything I ever wanted, which was skateboards and snowboards. So how did million dollars change your life? Um, at the time, not much. I mean, I was just so thrilled. I mean, once I turned, you know, uh, 16, 17, I could get a car. That was pretty cool. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I invested, my mom got me into like real estate cause I think they were worried about the car and the cars that might come. So they, <laughs> it kind of tied a lot of my finances up, but honestly it was, it was quite a burden in the beginning because you know, it's fabulous to make it, you know, and then it's just like, what do you do? And it's not something I really learned in school. Um, and people do go to school to learn exactly how to invest and do these things. And so that was kind of like a, a hard thing to learn, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it gave me that comfort, I guess, of saying like, wow, at least if all falls away, you know, through the snowboarding, I was able to put a roof over my head and that's, that's, you know, fantastic. So that was kind of that why I ended up getting a home when I was so young. What role did Tony Hawk play in your career? Yeah, Tony Hawk. I mean, he basically, you know, was my hero. I, every kid at my age was just fascinated with him. And um, he would skate my local skate park. And I just assumed one day I had this, this grand plan in my head that if I just skated well enough, he might come talk to me. So I was too terrified to approach him. And um, it worked. I skated and I did new tricks every day. And he, he strolled by and invited me to go to this skateboarding demo with him, which sparked this friendship. And, um, you know, he never really sat me down and gave me specific advice, but he was the only one that I knew that was going through everything I was about to go through. He had his video game. People knew his name everywhere. And, you know, but he was still a family man. And um, I got to just watch him interact with fans, how he divided his time with his family and things. And, and he really remained the same guy through all of it, uh, the success and the ups and downs. And so he was just like that, that perfect person to be around. When he fills out his taxes, I said, what do you put down? And he said, skateboarder. He does? Yes. I, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you don't put, what do you put down as your occupation? I guess I'd say athlete, but yeah. Snowboarder would probably, nowadays, they might be like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. I saw where yeah. uh, some athletes reached out to you, former ones, David Beckham, Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. pretty cool uh, territory. Yeah, I was getting these funny emails of like, your application has been accepted to the Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, uh, David Beckham retirement home. <laughs> like, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, no, so cool. I mean amazing talents and, and legends in their sports and um, to kind of have them cheering me on and having followed my career. And uh, I mean, it's just so great, the respect among athletes and, and I'm so pleased to call them friends, you know, and, and, um, and it's exciting to, to look at their careers and what they still mean to their sport, even though they haven't been competitive in some time, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a weird territory, new waters for me. You know, I'm so used to like getting out there and earning my my cred and to finally be putting that to rest and, you know, enjoy what I have accomplished already. And to see those those messages really, you know, solidifies a lot of that for me inside. So that was really nice. He's retired now. Sean White, and he placed fourth in the uh, half-pipe snowboarding competition in Beijing. And then you left Beijing that you wanted to attend the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, 
I, I had my my girlfriend sat me down. She's like, she should make. I was like, I got so much stuff I want to do when I have the time for it. She's like, you got to make a list. And like third on the list was like, go to the Super Bowl. I've never been. There's always some competition or something that's kept me from attending. And uh, and boom, I'm flying home from China. I land like family's there to meet me. I said hi to everyone, and then I rushed off to the Super Bowl, and it was just amazing. The Rams won. Uh, which was so cool um, having spent so much time in LA. Uh, but yeah, it's like all those little things I get to do now. I'm very excited about what, what was number one and number two on the list. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was just places to travel to somewhere warm. <laughs> you know, So much time in the cold. <laughs> what but, about um, getting engaged? Where isn't getting engaged on your list of things to do? Yeah, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> You know, it's 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 so nice to finally have the time to spend with somebody, you know, and uh, I am in an amazing relationship. So we'll see where it goes. But I know my my brother and sister um, have children. And, uh, you know, that the thought of that was so uh, I pushed it off for so long, um, you know, but then once you're, you know, siblings have their own kids and you're in the mix and just family so important to me, I'm, I'm sure it's something I definitely uh, I want to uh, experience in my life. So we'll see. Well, you're grown up now. You got to do big boy things now. You're 35. You I got mean, no I'm excuses. <laughs> she put you up to this? Uh, no, I, no. But I, I, I saw on social media and it's like, yeah, okay. So, yeah. you know, just so you know that uh, Sean's girlfriend, Nina Dobrev, is an actress mm-hmm. and she put some pictures, I guess, in your travel bag. So when you yeah, got yeah yeah so you, you well yeah and I mean people couldn't no one was allowed to attend the the Olympics and it was so hard because every time normally I have family friends you know support group and um, and no one was there this time it was just myself coach and actually a physical therapist named Esther who's just incredible um, that was along for this this ride and she got a medical credential to go um, but yeah I opened up my bags and there were just pictures of uh, our relationship together and friends uh, and family pictures with notes and all these things that I kept finding and then made this incredible video of people wishing me, um, you know, the best of luck and what I mean to them. And, and uh, you know, just the years, you forget how many years you've been doing something and how it's kind of like the ripple effect of everyone. And they're like, all right, like we finally get you home. We get you back. We get you know, time with you. Obviously it's wonderful winning these awards, but we like to spend time with you just, you know, uh, doing normal things so it's nice to kind of see all that but yeah she's been so monumental in this whole transitioning period for me um and showing me what that other life looks like so it's great you have your final run and you know you couldn't help be moved watching you be emotional there like it kind of like like have you seen yourself uh after you've had that run and how emotional you were I've watched a bit of it. Yeah. I, I can't watch it without getting emotional. Um, you know, you, you, I guess I, I was told when I was a kid that this day would come and Hey, it's the inevitable. You'll get to a point where you either can't ride or the tricks get too heavy or you something, some sign will happen and, and you'll retire. And, um, just to be actually living that moment that I'd heard about and never really thought about until it really happened. And, um, yeah, it was moving. And a lot of the competitors had lined up at the bottom and came and gave me a hug and told me what it meant to them that I was there competing with them and what I've meant to them for their careers. And I mean, one of the guys was like, 
I haven't told you this ever, but I, my first board, I had your pro model board. I wore your, the jacket you wore. I wanted to be you. It's like, oh, so wild, you know? And, um, and then they pulled up my family on the big screen. They had a big, big uh, TV there and just to see their faces and realize, you know, we've all been in this kind of journey together for so long in a sport that was very misunderstood, you know, um, snowboarding had no olympics it had the x games had barely even started it was very like we were kind of throwing our lives away in people's opinions by you know putting so much into this sport um but i just believed and i knew that at the end of the day i enjoyed it so much that who cares uh but it turned into this amazing thing and just to see where it's come from and how big of a part I've played in that um, was just wild so i got very emotional i, got, I don't think i've cried as much <laughs> Uh, at an Olympics before. And I got emotional watching the Dear Rider documentary at the oh, yeah. at the very end when you guys are doing the ceremonial basically goodbye with Jake yeah, Burton and uh, I mean and his wife and watching that with his uh, with her kids and that that was pretty impactful there. Yeah, heavy, you know, like really the father of our sport and his passing was just so heartbreaking for a lot of us, you know, and um, and it happened very suddenly. So I know he had his certain health problems throughout his life, but, you know, this one came so quickly and so abruptly and, you know, just remembering him. And, and that, that was something I even mentioned in one of my interviews out there. I was just like, it's so bizarre to get to the bottom because I've seen him after every Olympics, you know, and taken our photo together. And, you know, I think he would have been proud um, on how, how everything ended. And, and um, you know, it's just, it's just wild to see how much the sport has changed. They used to dig those half pipes with shovels. <laughs> now, <laughs> to look at the, the, the you know, mind this, it's huge. It's 22-foot walls. I mean, I don't think the TV really puts it into perspective, you know, the scale of it all, you know. Um, but... Just to see where it's come is just incredible. Go get a job, Sean. Okay. Yeah, you totally. Go, go, go get I a did want to have a. I did want to have a summer job at like. Uh, I wanted to go to In and Out Burger, and work the counter and just kind of give people a hard time when they came through. You know what you should do is get a documentary crew and just yeah all of these jobs that you thought about doing and just do one shift. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's not bad. <laughs> just go into in and out and you're there taking orders. Just getting it done. Yeah. Go to a Dairy Queen. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things there. You know, the test. I like it. <laughs> um, good luck, Sean. Thanks for uh, all the entertainment uh, through the years. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Sean White, now retired, a five time Olympian, three time Olympic gold medalist. We'll take a break. That was uh, a lot of fun to reminisce with him. Uh, back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Tyler, the moderator, and uh, now answering phones, he also does our meet Friday. But we're off on Friday, so we have a meet Thursday. Yes, he... Tyler, the operator. Tyler, the he's operator. on the phone. Yeah. Now oh. has he shifted? Yes. So Tyler was so excited yesterday. He goes, "We got the butcher box in." And I go, "Why are you whispering?" He goes, "I don't know, but we got the butcher box in." I go, "Well, open it up." He goes, "Well, can I pick whatever we want for meet Friday on Thursday?" And I go, "Yes." Because they ship a uh, high selection, high quality meat right to our uh, man cave here. And uh, each, each box contains 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on what you want. So you can make 
about 24 individual meals. And then they price it out to about $6 a meal. So high quality, whatever you want, you customize it. Pack fresh, ship frozen for convenience. And you don't have to uh, go to the grocery store again. Also, you don't have to go to get ground beef because right now you sign up butcherbox.com slash Patrick. Get two pounds of ground beef free every order you make for the life of your membership. You can log on butcherbox.com slash Patrick to claim this great deal. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll get some more phone calls coming up. That's a lot of fun. You know, I've been doing this for such a long period of time that I'm there when somebody starts their career and when somebody ends their career. Like Tom Brady. You know, I was doing this when Tom first started out. Michael Phelps when he first started out. Uh, Sean White when he first started out. And then here they are retiring. Got another stat of the day coming up. Uh, Our stats of the day are brought to you by the great folks at Panini. Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Joel Embiid uh, last night had 19 points. That ends his streak of 31 consecutive games with at least 25 points. And that 48-point loss is the Sixers' worst since they lost by 51 to the Spurs in 2015. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? what? Stat of the day. Uh, first time we had Sean White on was 2008. So 14 years ago. And here he is at age 35, retiring. And he was a big deal. He was on the cover of Rolling Stone, not once, but twice. And he had that look, the long hair. I know that Rolling Stone called him him the flying tomato. He didn't like it, but uh, it caught on. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. I just saw this where the Cincinnati Bengals have given Zach Taylor, their head coach, a contract extension through 2026. You still go back to earlier this year. And I think Vegas had Zach Taylor at the top of the to-be-fired list. Amazing. Then you go to the Super Bowl. Plus, you look at that staff that uh, Sean McVay has had with the Rams. That's an impressive staff that he's had with him. Now Kevin O'Connell set to go to the Vikings. Although, we talked to Mike Florio first hour. If you're Kevin O'Connell, do you at least check in with Sean McVay to say, uh, Hey, coach. You still going to be coach with the Rams? Because I'm getting ready to take this Vikings job. Now, they do have Raheem Morris if, uh, if Sean would leave. And I know there's a lot of people saying, well, there's no way he's going to do it. And maybe that's the case. And maybe it's just a leverage play. It's hard to imagine the Aaron Donald walking away. It feels like it's harder to imagine Sean McVay leaving the coach, being the coach of the Rams. Aaron Donald, I, I kind of get it. I could, I could at least understand that from his perspective. Hey, I've done everything. I got the ring. I'm one of the great defensive players of all time. I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm healthy. I walk away at 30. Maybe. But Sean McVay, if he thinks that uh, being uh, in the booth is going to fill that competitive void, uh, think again. Because, you know, it can replicate some things that you have in preparing for a game There's nothing like being in the moment, deciding how games are going to be played. 
game plans. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Gibbs in Virginia Beach. Gibbs, thanks for holding. What's on your mind today? Dan O, how you doing? Hey, uh, that guy that called Sonny Jurgensen, Sony Jurgensen, read a book, son. <laughs> but um, that, that was just incredible. I know. I, sometimes um, you just move and, on. You just move on with things here. And, and As we will. Okay. And, uh, Dan, not having a take. That's why we respect you, man. Real G's moving silence like it goes on. To always have a take. I think that's better. Um, Jim Gray coming out a uh, a little hot with some snarkiness with, Dan, this is not Sports Center. I'm surprised you handled that well. Not surprised. <laughs> I'm glad you handled it well. Sorry, I'll rephrase. And uh, uh, apropos of the um, Sean White interview, uh, you were talking about leagues and sport moving on from athletes you know, quickly or, or at least in time. I don't, I don't think fans and me and you as athletes, Dan, we don't for players that actually change the culture of the game. I mean, I, I'm clearly biased being from Virginia Beach with AI and, um, you know, Mike Vick in our backyard, but players that actually change the culture of athletes always remember that. That never goes away. Yeah, but we move on from it. We do reminisce, and thanks for the phone call, Gibbs. Yeah, we, we do. I mean, Allen Iverson is not in the daily conversation, weekly conversation, monthly conversation. But if somebody brings up his name, it's like, yep, yeah, AI. Uh, Steph Curry. We're going to look back and go, yep, yeah, Steph Curry changed the game. I like how people, they bang on Steph Curry if guys start shooting deep threes and they miss. Like, like all of a sudden, it's Steph Curry's fault. Steph's like, I, hey, stop. I didn't do it. You know, when I shoot, I make them. These guys just take these shots, have no business taking them. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you're right. It's real. I go to my daughter's <laughs> basketball games, and there's little people who can barely get the ball to the rim, but they're still trying to take threes, deep threes. Everybody wants to do it now. Everybody. <laughs> Used to be everybody wanted to dunk. Now you want to be able to shoot a three. Veronica in San Antonio. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Dan. Hi, Veronica. I've got a Jim hi, I've got a Jim Gray story. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm in Phoenix uh, at a convention um in downtown Phoenix at the trade a trade show at the convention center in the early aughts. Mm-hmm. And I'm staying at the hotel across the street, the Hilton or the Hyatt or one of those. And I'm on the elevator, and Jim Gray gets on the elevator. And I'm like, Jim Gray! And he goes, hi! And I, I said, what are you doing here? Because it's November, and I'm trying to figure out what a sports guy's doing in Phoenix in November. And he says, I'm here for the prize fight. And I said, what prize fight? And he said, well, I guess there was, a, I think, a Russian in a big fight there at the, where the Diamondbacks <laughs> play. Okay. So I said, uh, well, I've never been to a prize fight. And he reaches into his pocket and hands me two tickets to the prize fight. So uh, I said, thank you. I got off the elevator, and he was very, very nice to me. Oh, so. awesome, Veronica. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've known Jim a long, long time. And uh, when I was going through my issues, Jim reached out on a daily basis. There were a couple of people, and not that other people didn't care, uh, Dan Levitard and Jim Gray and Jay Glazer. Constant asking for updates. Constant. None of the Danettes did, by hey. the way. <laughs> we were here every day. We just didn't ask you how you're feeling. I know. I, I think you guys were afraid to ask me how I was feeling because you're thinking he's not going to be doing this job much longer. Yeah, Paul. I, I think sometimes people do that, like – 
because every time someone sees you, how you feeling? You answered it 18 times that day. Yeah. You almost want to be the opposite and say like, this is a normal day. Nothing's going on here. And it's not insensitive. Maybe in my case it is, but like, uh, it's like, it's tr- you're trying to do like reverse psychology. Well, you would have thought Fritzy would have asked me quite a few times. You would think. I don't know why I missed that opportunity. If I'm sending Mike Florio at 2 o'clock in the morning, Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Know, and I'm working with you 20 years, you would think you would have heard me. Me, barely able to climb up the back stairs in the old man cave. And I was like, uh, I had, you know, we had Alan, our uh, former IT guy. I would have him spot me when I would walk up the steps to start the morning. I just said, can you go up behind me just in case I fall? And he would take his shirt off and try to carry you up the stairs. Like it was like a, yeah. a CrossFit yeah. exercise. It, it was like one of those uh, romance novels where the guy's got his shirt off and he's carrying the woman up the steps. And I just said, Al, I said, can you just spot me just in case I fall here? And he goes, I got you. I got you. By the way, uh, Dick Vitale, an update on his surgery yesterday at uh, Mass General Hospital he was released this morning, I believe. He starts uh, four week of mandatory rest and just wants to thank everybody for all the thoughts and prayers and uh, going through go, going through an awful lot here. Yes, Todd. I was trying to figure out why um, Guzzi, our old IT guy, why was he all oiled up for help you up the steps? Why was that necessary? We were we, we moved on to Dick. Well, that's, I had raised my hand before you went into the Dick Vitale story. Yeah. And you called on me and. You could have said... Uh, Just something like, Dick Vitale related. I'm sorry, I got something insensitive. That was a line I had prepared. The timing is off because of when I was called on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You just it happens. Ru- you just ruined the last half hour of the show. I pretty much did. Yeah. You just did that emotional situation with Dick Vitale, and I had a joke that should have been said about a minute and a half ago. Yeah. That's Ironically, right. Dick Vitale also oiled up. Yeah. Right yeah, Paul. And Dick Vitale's going to be one of our listeners who's, I'm at home for four <laughs> weeks. I love listening to you guys. You're the best. Dickie's going to be calling in every like four weeks from now when he's feeling better. Yeah. Once again, we don't care how we get you. If, if you can't get up and change the channel, it's okay. The number of people say, hey, you know, I was uh, I found your show. It's decent. I was laid up. I, I couldn't change the channel. Are you kidding me? Dan, I've been laid up. I've been watching the show. It's epic, baby. It's awesome. More laughs, less dogs. PT here. Yeah, 511-160. Ding, baby. <laughs> Suck it, Fritzy. <laughs> oh. Suck it back row, baby. Yeah, Marvin, good job. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think one of the more surreal things when I first started working on your show, you used to have Dick Vitale on all the time. I, in my role at ESPN, never spoke to Dick Vitale. And you told me, call him up. He's going to be on today. And you gave me the number. And all of a sudden, I call the phone. And this voice answers, yeah, hello. I'm like, I'm looking for Mr. Vitale. He goes, this is him. Very quiet voice. He's like, oh, I figured I had the wrong number. He goes, oh, okay, Mr. Vitale, I'm going to put you on with Dan Patrick. And he's like, yep, sounds good. And his voice was just muted. Yeah. But the moment you introduce him, Danny P, we're back. Let's talk about the Blue Devils. You know, and he just turns it on for showtime. You can't be like that all the time. There's so many people. It's like Troy Palomalu. You know, when you have Troy Palomalu on the football field, you're like, oh, my God, what's he like off the field? And then you, ha- you hear him off the field, and he's like, yeah, Dan, uh, just great to talk to you. I really loved playing football. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is not Stephen A. Smith off the air. Chris Berman... No, you know what? Berman's pretty close. <laughs> Double cheeseburger. And- Chris is Chris is close to being Chris off the air. 
Uh, a couple more phone calls in here. Uh, Ray's Day? Raz Day? I, don't, I mean, Tyler's spelling it, so who knows what it could be. I, I, hopefully I didn't get that wrong. Uh, thanks for the effort. Yeah, you got it wrong, but thanks for the effort, though, Patrick. Uh, it's it's Raside. And, 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 and Raside, it's, it's Dan. Yes. You called me Patrick. No, you called me Patrick. Oh. Okay, I just remixed it a little bit. Danny okay. Patrick. Patrick. All right, Danny. here we go. All right, so. I'm just saying. All right, now we're even. <laughs> remixed it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. So anyway, um, here we go. Detroit. I'm live from Detroit, Michigan. I'm also known as Super Rossi Day as well because Ooh. this is the super perspective. Okay. Now, I wanted to talk coaches that needed to be fired and then Tom Brady making his comeback, and I'm going to tie all of this in together. All right. I, I want to hear this from top to bottom. We need to analyze this whole situation about this coach that needs to be fired, which is Bruce Arians, for uh, what he did from top to bottom. You get rid of your top receiver right before the playoffs over some dilly-dally, over something he just took off his jersey and threw it away, whatever, whatever. Those were Antonio Brown points that were left out on the field right there when they played the Rams. They could have possibly been in the Super Bowl. But uh, Bruce Arians decides, hey, I'm the head honcho here. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm just going to get rid of this guy over little little to nothing. I think he needs to be fired. I think the people in Tampa Bay should be furious. And here's my thing. Tom Brady should have stood up. And by Tom Brady not standing up, I think Tom Brady's going to look at this situation and say, you know what, I could have stood up for this man, and I could have been in the Super Bowl. I could have made sure Antonio Brown was not removed from the team. Okay, 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 wait a minute. So Tom Brady should stand up for Antonio Brown then. What about all the other times when Tom Brady stood up for Antonio Brown? And didn't Antonio Brown pout on the sidelines and then check himself out of the game? And plus, he wasn't going to be healthy enough to play anymore because of the ankle injury. They got the most out of Antonio Brown. He wasn't going to be able to help them. He couldn't play because of his injured ankle. That's not true. Yes, it is. It's, it's not. He played He played three quarters for the Jets, right? He played three quarters against the Jets. He said, okay, I'm done for this game. So, therefore, you rest him for the playoffs. And once he he, he could have did another three quarters against the Rams, and they could have won. He didn't say that. He didn't say, look, I'm totally done for the whole season. He said he was done for that game. He went to go see a doctor. He went to go see the Brooklyn Nets doctor right after that. He stayed in New York to go have his ankle checked out. He refused to enter a game. He stripped off his jersey here. And and Tom is supposed to defend that? He pouted. He wasn't getting his targets. His usefulness is, is... It was done in Tampa. They got as much as they could get out of him. Wonderful talent, but Tom, Tom went to bat for Antonio Brown more than anybody in his career. I mean, where the hell have you been? You're a month late on this story. Longer than that. He's been on hold for four weeks. Yeah. I mean, damn. I don't know how much he could have helped you. But he pouted. Didn't want in. I don't, I, we're done with this topic. I don't want this topic anymore. Antonio Brown. What, is somebody going to call up about Baker Mayfield now and just say that they should have sat him down? Sean in Oregon. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind today? Hey, I want to say that it's glad to see Marvin getting some love. And, you know, Marvin's awesome. So it's, it's, it's good to hear his voice. And 
We want to hear his opinion more. Okay. And and I also want to say, uh, Fritzy, you know, I want to say, you know, he gets respect for using his own comedy material. You know, it's like when you go to see a musician, you don't want to see him play cover tunes. You want to see someone use their own material. So I got re- respect for him, and I want to say, way to go, three-piece. Keep it up. All right. <laughs> Thank okay, you Okay, Sean. Much. All right. Well, I will say this, though. Mike Trout has a hitting coach. Should Mike Trout not have a hitting coach? Batting coach? Well, the hitting coach gave me a couple of tips. Okay. It feels like they do more than that. They review video. But, but you know, uh, Shohei Otani has a pitching coach. Is he supposed to listen to that? Is he supposed to take get that information? I guess you take, you take that information in, but ultimately you're going to do what you want to do, whatever you're comfortable with at the plate. Yes, he. It feels a little more, though, like Mike Trout has a hitting coach. And then the hitting coach also went and pitched for him. You know what I mean? Like if Todd had people writing his jokes for him, then it's like, well, you didn't really do it. You're just going to go up there and say it. Yeah, but he had to, he had to deliver it himself. Yeah. That'd be like somebody saying, I'm going to give you all this information. Now you go up to the plate and you hit. I'm asking Sandler and David Spade and Rob Schneider to help Todd write some, some jokes. I think if Todd wrote a bunch of jokes and then they edited them, be like, okay, now this is fun. That that really works. But if but Todd doesn't write anything down, he doesn't write his jokes down. I probably should do that because then, then, I, then I don't. I don't. I'm done with this too. I'm done with stand up with you and Antonio Brown. All right. I tried. Two tried to help topics. you. No, tried to help you. Tried to. Sandler said he would help you. I wanted you to succeed. I I think you have the ability to deliver jokes. You may not have the ability to write them, but you have the ability to deliver them. It's like Craig Kilborn. Kilborn was great at delivering. He may not have written it, but he was great at delivering it. That's what I thought you could do. You can deliver a joke. Kevin Hart has people who write jokes for him. Johnny Carson, his whole career was people writing jokes for him. David Letterman had all these people from uh, Harvard who were helping him write his skits, his jokes. They can't deliver it the way Dave did or Johnny Carson did. That's all. Just trying to point those things out. If you wanted to do it and you wanted to be successful at it, I think you could do that. I appreciate that. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, see. Yeah, we were sort of flirting with the idea of Las Vegas. Yeah, we're going out maybe to Las Vegas. I'm thinking March Madness, we go out there. Wouldn't it be nice if you did a little stand-up set there? Well, they have a America's Got Talent live in Las Vegas. Oh, boy. I'm just, I, look, I'm just throwing out ideas. I know. You're not going to Hollywood. Yes, boy. I'll, I'll tell you, in all seriousness, Fritzy's Valley Girl bet late in Super Bowl awesome. week, it crushed, and awesome. he didn't write it. He just riffed it. Yeah. If, if he took the tape of that, sat down for an hour, and wrote some, uh, some finality to the bit, it would crush, because it crushed on air last week. And if it just had a little organization, not even a full written skit, it would do very well anywhere. I agree. I thought that it was one of the highlights of our Super Bowl week, Fritzy's Valley Girl, when uh, we met the women at Big Dean's. So if you you, uh, cut that down and look at it and you go, oh, okay, if I narrow this down a little bit, transcribe it a little bit, tighten it up a little bit there, could be pretty funny. I'm probably not going to do that, though. I'll be too worried about the (laughs) Final Four guests and stuff like that. Wait, is that your impersonation of them? It's funny, and it's not funny anymore. Yeah, that's not that wasn't <laughs> that's funny. That's old, too. Yeah, that wasn't funny. <laughs> the moment I call it funny, he says, no, no, not. it's not funny. 
That's what I do. I ruin things. Did Todd just tank that for because of you, Paul? No, making me look bad. <laughs> how about how about we take a break here? Talk to my sister. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's, she's got a sake company. <laughs> We're not going out. You have a ring on your finger. Why are you talking to me? You're old. You must be like forty three or something. You have no hair. <laughs> my men have to have hair <laughs> let's take, take a break last call for phone calls uh, we'll close up shop after this thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning 9 until noon eastern 6 to 9 pacific on Fox Sports Radio and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast podcast or wherever you get your podcast oh i just saw this pelicans fear that zion williamson needs a second surgery you're not going to play this year and then you start to look at a bigger picture here at that size uh the style of play is that going to be there the rest of his career and and hopefully it won't be but i wouldn't i wouldn't bet on ace and charlotte is back hey ace what's on your mind Hey, DP, two things. Number one, uh, continuing the Doug theme. My first name is actually Douglas, so I'm Douglas Ace. Okay. And number number two, that the I heard last week, I thought it was your show, but I heard that Gronk said he wanted to play with Burrow in Cincinnati. Have you heard that? No, I did not. I Did you guys read anything on Gronk wanting to play? And Is he under contract with the Buccaneers? I'd be curious Checking. about that. It's it's not like you go, hey, uh, Tom left, so uh, I'm going to go play someplace else. I mean, if he's a free agent, then go get him. But I I never heard that he would he wanted to play with uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Brian in California. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind? How you doing, man? Hey, bud. Hey, um, this is this is a hypothetical and a little reality for Coach Pete. Okay. You imagine here he is in um, the NFL. He chops it up. Comes to USC, has to chop it up again, resurrects them. Has to leave in less than authentic circumstances, go to the Seahawks, has to chop it up again. Here's the hypothetical. He steps out of the coaching job into the president's office, and he hires Sean Payton. Boom, Russ gets his coach, offensive-minded, and Sean Payton gets his QB. What do you think? (laughs) I don't know enough about the inner workings of the Seahawks to say that. I, I don't want to speculate on something that I don't have any knowledge of. I think Sean Payton wants to explore TV. I don't. I think Pete Carroll still wants to coach. I don't know if Russ still wants to stay in Seattle. Uh, Sumo in Missouri. Hey, Sumo. Hey. So I was watching a, an older interview a couple of years back that you did of Joe Burrow. He had just won the national championship and Heisman and all that. Yeah. And he hadn't been drafted yet. We were talking about possibly going to the Bengals. I was just wondering what your impression of him was. Like, could you get a sense that he was going to end up being this Joe Cool guy that we get now? Or or what, what was your thoughts about him? Well, 
I, um, it's easy for me to look back now and say, wow, he had the it factor. If I, if I look at the first year he had at LSU, and I look at the second year when he had maybe the greatest season a college quarterback has ever had, and that team won the national title, I have to put in the previous year with it and to try to balance it out. I, I thought that he had so much confidence, and, and I didn't know what he did well. It just felt like he did, he did everything you wanted him to do whenever he needed to do it. And there was just something about it that he made the right decisions. That's all I was noticing. You know, I didn't say, boy, he's got arm strength. He's the next Joe Montana. I just loved his confidence. And even when I met with him in person at the Super Bowl in Miami, the, the one thing I was always I, kind of taken from uh, that interview and then even the conversation is his confidence. He had unbelievable confidence. And even going into Cincinnati, didn't have a great offensive line. And they were throwing the ball. And then he got injured. And I'm thinking, trying to come back from that? Even a veteran trying to come back from that. And he had the confidence to come back from that. And the ability to run. And he's not afraid. Not afraid in the moment. And I, I just, that was the only thing I took away from it. Like, I thought Justin Herbert had more talent. But I felt Joe Burrow was ready to play right away. Turns out, Justin Herbert was ready to play right away. Uh, let's see. This day in sports history, Paulie. 1992, the L.A. Lakers officially retired Magic Johnson's number 32. Magic was the fifth Laker player to have his jersey retired. Who could name the other four before Magic Johnson? Jerry West. Right. Uh, Elgin Baylor. Yep. Wilt Chamberlain. Yep. And there's one more. The most obvious. Uh, Comey. Oh, no, no I'm 90, sorry. 92. Uh, yeah, Marv. Kareem. There you go. Kareem. Yep. Those are the four before them. Okay. And then uh, O.J. Simpson on 1968's Heisman Trophy. It was sold for $230,000 to pay some legal bills. Rodney Harrison will join us coming up after his Super Bowl uh, performance as an NFL insider, saying that Aaron Donald may retire. Ask Rodney what led him to that opinion. Mark Wahlberg is going to join us. So you got a movie coming out, Todd? It does. Coming out Friday. Uncharted is what it's called. Uh, Dale Jr. is going to join us coming up as well. i uh, got a busy, uh, busy guest he list. did some special this. features at, uh, for the Super Bowl for NBC. So that's cool. And with the Daytona 500 coming up. Uh, Gronk is a free agent. If he wants to play with Joe Burrow, he can. Boston. But I saw that commercial again last night. Those aren't good commercials. Those aren't. A, A. <laughs> what if I do this? And they spike something, and they're like, no. Todd, what'd you learn today? Sean White never had an actual job as he began competing at age seven, says Tony Hawk, his hero growing up. On 9-11, we vowed to never forget. Help America keep that promise. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's the letter T, number two, letter T.org. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out this Wednesday show. What if I told you you could get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep per year? Oh, I got your attention. Well, let's start with the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Because according to their data, proven quality sleep, almost 100 hours more. But there's a lot of things that go into this. It's not just the bed is great. And it is. And there's a sale right now that's going on. You can save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. They also tell you don't skip meals. You want to make sure that you, you know, limit the uh, alcohol intake. Eat foods that contribute to good sleep. Avoid heavy 
spicy meals three hours before bedtime. Like there's some things you have to do and remember, and that's each night. But also if you're going to start your new year with a resolution you can keep, get a great night's sleep. Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. You'll find your sleep number subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details.